So if you're anything like me, you do a lot of your online shopping, well, a lot of your shopping at all on Amazon. So if this is a case for you and you're looking to buy something anyway, if you go to our website at tensandaces.com, near the top of the page, you will see an Amazon banner ad. If you click there, prior to making a purchase on Amazon, it will open up your Amazon app just like normal. Or if you're in a browser, go to the Amazon webpage just like it would normally if you were to type in amazon.com. The only thing that's different is that because you click through our referral link, the Tens and Aces podcast will get a small little commission on whatever you buy. It doesn't cost you anything. It's just a good way to support the show and show your love for TNA and, you know, help cover some of the cost that it costs to make this thing. So remember, if you're going to buy something on Amazon anyway, go to tensandaces.com, click the Amazon banner, and then you're good to go. And you're helping out something you like, like this podcast. And it's a win-win, win-win, win-win-win. Oh, and why I got you here, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Now, enjoy the show. Like a Rolling Stone, Mr. Tambourine Man, Blowing in the Wind. Everybody knows these are Bob Dylan songs. What a lot of people don't realize is that Bob Dylan actually wrote every popular song in the last 35 years. Every single one. I like big butts and I can't I lie. Yeah, other brothers can't deny. A man when a girl walks in with a itty bitty ways in a rambling in your face. He gets sprung, mama. Yeah, I was working at Columbia, and uh, Bob came in on the weekend, October 62, no, 63, and we recorded a whole bunch of songs, and I've never seen nothing like it. He, he was a machine. I still hear those damn songs on the radio today. It's a protest song. You gotta fight for your right to party. She's a brick house. I did it all for the nookie. The nookie. So you can take that cookie and stick it up your woo! Pick one of these losers in Las Vegas who keeps thinking he's gonna come up with a way to win at blackjack. Are you ready for some TNA? Welcome to TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. A podcast with true-to-life stories and experiences from advantaged players in the game of blackjack. From pros crushing it and making a living counting cards, to newer players who are just making their way through all the ups and downs of what can be, at times, both an equally frustrating and beautiful game of AP Blackjack. Is this the kind of thing you want to hear? Well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Here's your host, Mike AP. And welcome to the show today. As the man just said, I'm your host of this transmission of our experiment in imaginary radio that we like to call TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. So if this is the kind of thing you want to hear, well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Why don't we start off with each of you guys giving your superhero movie origin story, and then we'll go from there. I don't really view my origin as a as a superhero. I would think <laughs> I would think that doing what I do at tables now is much more along the lines of a superhero. But well, hopefully. No, well, what I meant by that was just how you know superheroes all have origin stories. You know. Oh, you're right, and they do sure. start off as uh, as as uh, equivalents to ploppies a lot of the time, don't they? 
<laughs> right. So, but yeah, so uh, basically, I just I, I started out uh, going in with with a friend who would just kind of give me five hundred bucks, and he would he would always kind of buy in with like five thousand and just go crazy at the tables, and and uh, you know he knew somewhat basic strategy, but he would double things, you know, that he shouldn't, and that were a pretty big gamble because he was a gambler. Taught me some basic strategy and would just give me money, and I would go. And then one time I won like thirty five hundred, and I just thought it was the easiest thing ever. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna win again. I went back the next day, lost like two grand, and and uh, that kind of introduced me to blackjack. And for a year, I would say I was going, just learning basic strategy and hoping it would be a winning a winning day. But you know, it was total ploppy, not a winning game. But then, uh, you know, I just, I got sick of losing. I still liked blackjack. I wanted to play blackjack. And I had like a hatred for the casinos for taking my money. Right, right. So, so I, uh, so I learned how to count cards. I, you know, started on, on a, on a random website and just, get like read a free pamphlet that they had um and read the read the whole thing got a little spread from it from it it said like a one to twelve spread but i started with like three grand and and was betting with uh green chips so so i was betting like one spot of 25 to one spot of 300 with like a three thousand dollar bankroll um what's ror on that (laughs) dude i haven't even looked it up it was just stupid you know it was like i knew how to I knew how to card count at that point and I was still getting all my deviations together. But, uh, you know, with, yeah, with that risk of ruin, you're pretty much still gambling. But I, yeah. uh, you know, then came across all the BJA videos, you know, just digested all those, kind of got more into it. I luckily hit really good variants, ran it up to like 20 grand in like two weeks. And then after that, I started just losing like quite a bit until 2020 came, you know, that all happened. And then after, after 2020, the COVID thing, I decided to actually add more from my savings to my bankroll and go, you know, like higher, higher limit. With and then it. you brushed up, you know, it's tighten up your game with deviations and deck estimation and other weaknesses you may have had by that point. So, yeah. So that first year though, I, I played probably a little over 500 hours in like my, my, my deck estimation and, uh, deviations and everything were, were, were solid by the, by the end of that year, by the end of, uh, 2019 and all the meanwhile, while getting in hours, um, I was still playing full time as a musician as well, but I also was practicing like religiously on the test out on, on BJA and things like that. Always doing the, the deck estimation on six deck and, and double deck with the half deck mm-hmm. increments. And that really helped. And I, I honestly, I still do that. I'll still jump on there every time when I'm like, I've gotten in like another 500 hours. Let's just see let's just see like if if i need a recalibration that's kind of what i consider it is just recalibrating that's very smart because you know the tune up or whatever because we get habits we don't realize especially on six deck it's it's crazy to do this for so long and then you're like the four four and a half five deck range in the discard tray it it always gets a little wonky and like it i feel like it always needs to be recalibrated like it's always like oh wait okay wait that wasn't quite or no like four decks was coming up a little sooner i could find myself slipping by like probably like 10 cards or so after a while right and it, it doesn't you know as we all know it doesn't take many mistakes to completely completely you lose your edge and then that's not good (laughs) yeah all right so how about you marco polo what's your origin story 
So I had a local casino that I had free comp rooms for. So me and my girlfriend at the time, we went to go do that just to get out of the house here and there. Sure. I came across blackjack. So I started playing it and I got to wondering how it can be beat. So I just looked it up. I remember the movie, of course, and came across Colin Sight, BJA. I signed up and uh, started doing some training. So I trained for about six or seven months when COVID hit. And uh, after that, I came across Fateful on the form. So we got to talking and we came up to do with uh, the Midwest meetup. So I went to that, started doing some training. It was just a small group at first, and it's amazing what it grew into right now. But it was just a really small group at first. It was me, Fateful, Oro Hunter, and we just started hanging out training there. And after that trip, I actually came up quite a bit. So if I didn't come up after that trip, I probably wouldn't have ended up going to a boot camp so soon. But I think I was ready for it. So I went to go do a boot camp, did some training and test it out. Came across a couple errors in my game. From there, I went on a little of a losing streak. Got a little scared. But uh, I pretty much built my bankroll on the off-strip games in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I, I finally hit like a goal of mine doing that, and I was pretty happy. And um, actually, that's where we met, too. Yeah, that we is met, where we, we met. We met at a shop, an off-strip shop in uh, in Vegas. No. And we both Jeez. got backed off together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, did you see, you guys had no, no idea that you are both BGA members at that point or who you were. Yeah, we ran into were. the tables. Yeah, yeah. And we both recognized that we were spreading, and it, it was... I think the only like double deck table open at the time when we both just kind of looked at each other and we're like, yeah, whatever. Let's just, it's a super sweaty place anyways. Like we might've lasted five more minutes if we weren't both at the same table. We just kind of both rocked it. And uh, I think we had both talked about it and we had both been backed off there the day before too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you guys were both Like like individually. Yeah. 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 yeah, Right. Right. Yeah. You guys were, you guys were on the radar, man. (laughs) Yeah. Like Migs were on your ass. And you guys oh, were in there. Every yeah, time. Right. Our last two trips together have just been, yeah. oh my God, yeah, sweatshop like, after sweatshop in two different totally markets. Back then, I, I feel like I was get, able to get a lot more hours back then. I was averaging like 40 to 50 hours a week when I was doing that. Is uh, that because cool. your, your bankroll increased so your yeah. bet size increased? And Probably has something to do with it for sure. Just Are you guys just like travel buddies or do you play as a team or are you playing your own bankrolls and how how is that situation? We were just like splitting travel expenses by going on trips together, obviously doing whatever we could to kind of help each other save expenses and different things like that. But this is the first trip that we combined trip rolls and kind of up the spread. It went horribly, <laughs> but like we did everything. We did everything right it's just the cards did not fall in our favor yeah not this trip but this was our first time combining bankrolls and you know what the first session we had on this trip is where we both won like both won like almost three standard deviations and it was like wow this is awesome and then we just had massive losses and smaller wins after that but it's nice it it was nice to like to when we both won it's like whoa it felt really powerful right but but and then like a tease though yeah and then straight back down but then when you lose it was also nice because it's like oh i'm I'm not eating a 10 grand loss by myself you know what i mean it's like yeah i totally know what you mean I was just like, since we were both done, we both got in even hours and we just getting clobbered, clobbered. So uh, Marco Polo is just like, dude, I'm just going to lay low. You know, we got we got the podcast tomorrow. I'm done. I want to get good sleep before the podcast with Mike tomorrow. And I was too. Well, we had a half of a day left today and that's it. So I was just done. Yeah, totally. And like, usually when I feel that way, I'm like, all right, time to play more. (laughs) And so I I went out and I. uh, uh, at a casino that was walking distance. I just walked there and 
in like an hour and a half lost like another 6k and i was just and then got backed off oh that's the worst dude dude that's what's been going on the whole time like one 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 shop here i lost 10k in an hour and got backed off it's not just that it's coming with back offs yeah yeah it's been and that is i mean in our that is the worst our hourly standard deviation for this trip was like 4200 an hour i mean i just kept getting the worst cards. Mark Mark walked up to me actually, and he saw uh the, that that session, which was like two nights ago. This was the third time I'd split tens. I split tens against a four to three spots. Well, I had one spot on the right. Uh, it wasn't split. Then the spot on the left was split tens. He just happens to walk past the table and watches me like lose every hand yeah, with max bets on it. <laughs> that's the thing if you're splitting tens it's going to be a decent bet on top of it and then you get hammered get like three twelves against a six or something yeah dude. It <laughs> when was, he had 20 that was the third <laughs> that was the third time the only time i wasn't splitting tens this trip was our first session and it was like glorious and then like i was like uh, you know, I, then I don't think I've ever lost so, like splitting ten so many times in a row. To be honest, I mean, like I mean, every hand, like like every spot that was open, I at lost least, least the last three times one. I did. It. Yeah, you at least push or like win one. It's just whatever. I don't want to get too caught up in the, in the nitty gritty. But yeah, so so. But last night I was like, all right, I'm gonna go play on my own role. Just like Marco was done. And I was just like, all right, this is this is where we'll just separate our bankrolls. And- right. Plus, if I think if we went together, we you would have got spotted easier. Got like a half hour instead of an hour and a half. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I really, I try to stay even keel, but getting, you know, in five, six, seven, ten, whatever, and then getting backed off in the hole, that's where right. I kind of almost lose it sometimes. I mean, that's where it's like, are you guys fucking kidding me? You can't yeah. even let me, you, you, you already got me, you can't. Maybe uh, you can get more from me. I don't. I don't know. It just it just really irritates me. Yeah, it's yeah. really aggravating. But it just you got to keep in mind it's the long run game. But it's it's pretty stressful along the way. But sure. yeah, yeah. We're, I'm I'm like you know from being a creative type and like songwriting and stuff. I feel like my wheelhouse is is like expressing my emotion and feeling things. And it 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 is like not easy to be that way and do this for a living. You know, like and get caught up in like the emotion of it and. And uh, uh, last night, that was the that was like the sixth or seventh time I'd lost like two to three standard deviations and was backed off. And dude, and I just grabbed. I I had fifty dollars in chips left in front of me, and I just snatched it. They two suits walked up to me. Excuse me, sir. And then I just grabbed the chips and like walked like right in between them, just like you know, basically <laughs> just with it was like a fuck you gesture without saying it. I was just mm-hmm. so I was like, I don't want to hear what you say. I don't care. Uh, you know, like. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I was so over it. Over and, and it something that I've point. learned from Vernon, he brought me back to remembering that I should do meditation. And he taught me that I should keep doing that along this doing this job. And that's something that's really helped with helping me get through bad streaks and just keeping staying in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mental health and life balance is a huge part of this game, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like Marco Polo said, uh, the the meditation thing is something that I used to do when I was much younger, and it kind of just lost touch with that practice. And then doing this kind of brought me back in touch with that because, you know, the calm and the clarity that comes from meditation, but also the ability 
to be more perceptive of your inner dialogue mm. and and be more conscious of the chatter that's going on in your head. You might not even notice that you're just expecting to get your ass kicked every hand or you've got like some sort of uh, just repeat of uh, negative expectation in your internal dialogue going on and on and on until you meditate. You're like, oh, just cut all that out. This is what's really going on, which is just stillness. And, exactly. and, and, and calmness. Exactly. And, and now go back to the table and just count, you know, perform instead of having this, oh, no, I'm going to get backed off again. Oh, there's this, there's that. Here comes Max Betts. I'm going to get split tens and lose again. You know what I mean? It's like all that mm-hmm. is not conducive to your operation in the first place. So, you know, it's you're there to just to just perform this uh, system. Yeah. And then, you know, everything else is, is not changing or impacting, you know, the the you, your, the actual cards at play. It's probably just going to affect you negatively, like with your emotion and energy and also could even impact your performance. So, yeah, like like I'm sure on your in your uh, musical career, you had bad gigs where you just didn't have it or whatever, just didn't come together. And if the next gig, if you kept that with you it would probably affect that gig. Or if you're like a baseball player or something and you're in a slump, you know, trying to crush the ball every time you hit it, you know, it's better just to zero out and do what you do and go attack it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But along the lines of meditation and keeping yourself even keeled and things like that through meditation and, and, and more conscious practices, I would also say there's something to, uh, uh, keeping an equilibrium and even keel when you get backed off and you're down 10 grand to tell a pit boss to eat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how effective that is, but it, it's probably uh, I'll tell you what, letting a little steam out. Have you ever looked at a pit boss that was a douchebag and told him to eat your ass? I, I recommend it. Sometimes you just got to have fun with it. Yeah. Play along. Play, play what if game. he's like down? What's that? But if he's like, I get off at 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then you're like, well, you know what? I thought, I, thought some, I thought it was something you wouldn't enjoy. So you know what? I that You can't eat my ass. How do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I may have to edit this, but that's funny. Oh, there no, may- you got to leave that. Everyone loves that story. I told that story to Joe 748, and he was like, He's like, yeah. I guess my show is called TNA, so I can have something like that on there. Now's a good time to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Colin from blackjackapprenticeship.com and if you're serious about card counting, I'd encourage you to check out the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership. It has the training tools you'll need to beat the game like our comprehensive video course and our training suite so you can learn each skill and virtually test yourself before ever stepping foot in a casino. It also includes the tools you'll need to succeed like our pro betting software, casino database, results tracking software, and access to a community of like-minded advantage players to network with in our members forum and chat room software. You can find out more at blackjackapprenticeship.com. What is Budweiser? It's bright, the look of perfection. It's crisp with ideal flavor. It's clean for a great finish. It's pure made with the finest all-natural ingredients. It's the smooth, flavorable result of beechwood aging. Bright, crisp, clean, pure. 
This is Budweiser. This is beer. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can reach us on our website at tensinaces.com. You can text us or leave us a voicemail at area code 518-289-0478. That's 518-289-0478. And if you still haven't gotten enough TNA, you can email us at tensinaces21 at gmail.com. That's tensinaces, the number 21, at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah, so there was one time I was at a Boyd property, and I'd been there the year before, and I was backed off there. And so I went in this place knowing I was probably going to get it back off, but I was I ended up playing for two hours, and I ended up going to get lunch. I came back and started playing again. And that's when I realized I recognized the same guy in the pit that backed me off the year before. So like, okay, well, here we go, but I'm not going to leave. I was on a good run. I was getting an hour or so. Basically going to go until they back me off. And so I uh, hear the phone ringing eventually once I start spreading bigger, and I'm winning a bunch, and I, I just have big stacks of green in front of me. I was green chipping. So... Uh, so a big security guard approaches me from behind me and taps me on the shoulder, says, step away from the table. And he's, he asked me if I was a different person, like a different name. And I said, no. And he was trying to figure out who I was. I wouldn't show him my ID. And he had to go talk to uh, the guy that I recognized that backed me off the year before. So as he did that, I just stuffed the green chips in my pockets, just rolls of green chips. Every pocket I had was full full of chips. So I just started walking really fast with my hands in my pockets towards the, do- the door so I could mm-hmm. come back later and cash them out. And as I was doing that, I hear, sir, can you stop, please? And I just hear him going off to make me stop. And I didn't turn around or act like I heard him. I got to the door with my hands in the pockets. I started leaning on the door to leave, and I feel a hand on my shoulder. And it yanks me back inside. And I, I just kind of went off on him, like saying, you cannot touch me, sir. That is not appropriate. And all of a sudden... Their suits walking at us. They backed me in the corner. And then the guy that I seen the year before that backed me off came up and said, didn't I tell you not to come back here? And I said, yeah, last year I told you I wouldn't be back for until next year. And here I am. And he said, okay, you got me there. So <laughs> he ended, he kind of leveled with me and started being nice <laughs> after that. So then uh, he helped me go cash out and walked me out. But I let him know I did not like his employees touching me or trying to pull me back inside in any way. That was not comfortable. Yeah, they can't. They're not supposed to. Well, they, they do whatever they want, but they're and not if supposed he, to. If, yeah. if, if he wasn't nice to me after that, helping me cash out and walk me out apologizing, I probably would have called gaming just to see what I can do. But at that point, I was just done, ready to leave. Was this a commercial property or a native yeah, property? Yeah, it was a commercial property. It was in Vegas. It was a Boyd property. Yeah, they they know they can. It, again, they, they do whatever they want. Dude, I, I had a Caesars property confiscate my chips. It was like 6,700 in chips and like 2K of it was my buy-in. And I at least, so they, they like started screaming at me. I got surrounded. They're calling me a cheater. Made up some BS that like I wasn't able to play there, which wasn't true because this was like my first time even at this casino, like mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And I finally convinced them to give me my 2K on the table and I took a... I was I took a video the whole time, took a video of the chips, the amounts and everything. And yeah, they took them. They took the other 4,700 and like a security guard walked me out and was calling me a cheater. And I said, and I was just like, you know, card counting is not cheating. And he goes, I know. 
And I got him on video saying that. I'm like, then why are you calling me a cheater? And why'd you take my chips? And they were like, you need to get out of here, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, um, I, I posted on the BJA forum and people were like, they just sent like, you know, the list of the attorneys that's on, on the website. Yeah, right. And, and I called Bob, uh, Bob Loeb or Bob Loeb. I forgot, this is like a year ago. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, he told me, he's like, contact gaming. Um, it, it was in Indiana. He said, contact Indiana gaming uh, to request them to uh, contact the casino that you were at and give them the exact time that this happened when it started, when it ended, tell them that they need to keep all the footage and mm -hmm. that your chips were illegally confiscated and that you need them to look into this. And I did that. And I kid you not, like hours later, the head of security calls me. I don't, you know, they have your info. They have your info, even when you think they don't. He called. I don't know how they got my phone number. I guess maybe from a while ago, being in a system or something. But he called my phone number, and I was like, "Hello." And he was. He introduced himself and was just like, spent twenty minutes apologizing in all different ways and asking me if I wanted to come get the chips or have a check mailed or this or that. And that, you know, I would be trespassed from this point on, but they were so sorry. He doesn't train his employees to treat card counters that way. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that was, that was good input. And right when I did the things and they were real easy, I just got the phone number and sent them a message through like Indiana gaming on the website. Um, right when I did what he told me, they, they returned the, the, I got a phone call from the head of security. So the, the, they, that probably trickled down. And someone who a higher up mm -hmm. knew the law was like, you guys, you know, fucked up real bad and you need to make this better. Like it, the guy was apologizing like his job was like, probably was. Yeah. If you, if you, if you, if you drop words like, or phrases like preservation of evidence, uh, they assume you talk to an attorney <laughs> and, oh, right, right. uh, then immediately they're tuned, their tune turns. They know that, you know what the hell you're talking about. And so, what your and even even, just being even if you, phone. yeah, even if you don't, when Mark and I were cashing out once at a, at a shop and they were just demanding all sorts of things CTR, like, like, everything. like I, yeah. Oh, and it was a CTR because of our they chips combined. They and they, I was like, I'm yeah. not with him. Like, well, well, yeah, they're like, you came in together. I'm like, yeah, but we're not like sharing money. Six, we're like, buddies. Five, yeah, yeah. Over yeah, I was like, we're not we're not doing this together. And then and I, I was on the phone the whole time with my wife, just like talking to my wife at the cage. And then I just kept, just because I've been through this so many times, like I, I have a pretty good idea in every situation, like what to say and what not to say. She comes up to me and she goes, she they finally cashed me out, give me everything. I didn't give him ID, didn't give him anything. Just kind of stood my ground and she cashes me out. And she's like, she looks back like, uh, you know, the double or whatever in the in the cage. And she goes, who are you on the phone with? Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And right. I was like, and, and they were like, and uh, she said it like it, she thought, oh, no, no, that's what she said. That's what implicated that she thought I was on the getting legal advice. She goes, who's asking you to, to ask these questions? Who are you on the phone with? Right. As she's like giving me the cash. And I take the cash and I'm like, that's just my wife. <laughs> this cash out took like 45 minutes. <laughs> Dude, I was like, that's just my wife. And I that's told a nice low-key burn, dude. <laughs> yeah. I told Marco, I was like, see, you learn from mistakes sometimes. Now sometimes whenever I'm getting, I'll just walk up like on the phone and be like, uh-huh. I'll like lean into the yeah. attorney thing. Like, okay, hang on. I'll ask him that. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it, right, right. It, yeah, it freaked him out. They thought that they were going to get in trouble because they were trying to pull some shit that they, you know, shouldn't be. Yeah, that they could, that you were just some person who didn't know any better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. little, little tricks like that can get you through some stuff. Yeah, yeah I've, I've used similar. I, I use my phone all the time as a prop like that. And never <laughs> actually say it's an attorney because, you know, that could be, I don't know. I just say if, if they ask, and I said, someone who, someone who knows more than I do what to say and what to do. 
And, sure. You know, <laughs> someone that they'll be a someone that they'll be afraid of, you know, because like they, they, so many of these places think that they can just bat, beat you around in a submission and, and and do whatever they want because they're used to taking advantage of people. That's like the whole vibe of a casino. That's why I can't stand casinos. I yeah, I, I think it's totally ironic that their business model is the same business model that we have, just to get a slight edge and go in there and let the math work. That's their business model, and they send people coupons and free play and free luggage they give them free trips free this free food free stays that are losers but they people like us who are doing the same thing they're doing they you know they they kick us out and tell us not to play we're not cheating we're just playing smart yeah it's so funny that what you just said just totally reminded me of something i went through with a dealer i was countered and uh it was still like i was still able to get enough of a count to like try to take a stab on, on like the next round or two and, uh, and so, you know, there were like, there were like two other people at the table and they were just pissed. They were like, just leave, just leave. And I was like, whatever, man. I was like, this, this is, uh, you know, this is total bullshit that like that the casino is allowed to do this to somebody that has spent time to learn it and blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it was just one of those times where I just stuck around a little bit longer and was like, just kind of like being smart with him. And the dealer looks at me and he's like, He's like, you know what? What would you do if someone came in all came into your house and tried to steal all, all your silverware? Would you just let them steal your silverware? And I said, I don't advertise that people could come steal my silverware. Right, exactly. <laughs> like you asshole. And like, but all the ploppies at the table laughed and agreed with the dealer. I was like, you idiots! <laughs> He's talking about like raping you guys, like, and you're like right. siding with him. It was, it's, He's it's, calling them silverware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, come, st- yeah, exactly. He's calling them silverware. One time I was, I got to back off and this is early on before I knew there was really no advantage of not blowing off steam and it's best to be as unmemorable as possible, you know, so you can come back later or whatever. But, you know, I was getting backed off and then I, they had me step away from the table and this is before I knew you should grab your chips and all that stuff. But so I had my chips on the table, went back and the ploppies were asking me, you know, well, what would you do wrong? I said, well, I count cards and I play with an advantage and they only like suckers. So if you want to stay here, that's up to you and the guy with this ploppy was betting a lot of money and losing his ass and he said you know what you're right i'm out of this fucking place and he got up and left and i thought that was fucking great wow whoa i'm so surprised that that guy left i've been been being backed off before and people ask what's going on i tell them i don't recommend they play here and i like try to make sure the person backing me off hears me say that to them and then they kind of agree with me like yeah this place is bad and they go i like you when you're instead Yeah. Wow. They love you when you're a loser. loser. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened. Um, you got to kind of walk a fine line between calling them idiots for playing there. <laughs> well, yeah. hey, I've never, I've never had that response from a poppy. I'm just like, they don't like people that can beat the game, you know? And they just look at me blankly. It, it's like, they don't believe me. Uh, that's like, that's like the vibe I yeah. always get yeah, is that, that they, they, they like, yeah, they just look kind of blankly at you. Like, yeah, right. You know, like, and then they just keep playing and you're like, you idiot. But yeah. so you get backed off with five suits and then they're like, oh. Yeah, he's no, telling the truth. No, you ever I mean, had... even after I'm backed off, like they usually uh, are just like, uh, I, I'm like, don't you understand that you're you're losing and you you're not a winner. That's why you're right, allowed to play. They don't. That's that's why I'm like impressed with that ploppy. He was just like, you're right, I'm out of here. But he probably went to another casino or something. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, or another table. Yeah, uh, or another have, table. Have you ever had a? I've had this. You guys probably have had this too, where the guy backing you off or the shift manager, whoever, t- t- tells you, uh, you know, we can't let you play because that's just not fair to our other patrons. 
And I'm like, what are you, that. What that, are you yeah. talking about? Fair to them. You're not fair to them. Right. Have you have you ever gotten a ploppy backed off on accident? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went into a shop with two other players once, and we weren't planning on doing team play or anything, but we were just all going in there to play. And uh, I was at one table. The other two players were at another other table. And I see them with Max Betts out over there. So I'm just kind of watching and I see a ploppy just come over. Some guy we don't know. He came over and started betting big at the same time. And then the, I see the pit boss come over and talk to him and back him off instead. Because I guess she thought we called him in or something. Because mm-hmm. she, she was on the phone when we were had big, when they had big bets out anyways. So they, they told him no more. And he said, well, what the heck? I've been here playing all day and nothing's happened. And now you're backing me off because I just lost all my money. He lost that hand that he had out too. Yeah. So do you guys have any more interesting stories or fun stories? to share we got done with a pretty rough trip uh, in the market we had to drive really far to every casino and we did right when we got there we got backed off pretty much so then we drove to a different market and the very first shop we got to we it was a great game and for some reason we ended up on the same table and uh it was like one of the first couple of shoes we were playing we had max bets out uh both of us there and so all of a sudden a dealer gets tapped out and a break dealer comes in and we already have max bets out. The dealer's super slow with everything, uh, buy-ins and everything. So she starts uh, dealing and the very first card she deals, I notice I can see the down, the whole card. So as she's being slow, I get away from the table. I text Vernon, who's on first base. I text him saying, I can see every whole card, by the way. So so once he, I see him see his text and get back to the table, the very next hand, she has a 10 up and a 6 under. And we already had max bets out because we had like a true 8 or true 10. I, I forget. So I signal to him that it's a low card underneath. So he has a couple splits and doubles with his max bets out. But we're doing it, doing it against a 10. So we look yeah, pretty dumb. I have like two pair. I have like two... Uh, bust pairs, you know, like, like four, sevens. four. No, 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 it wasn't sevens. It was a four and like a two, like two fours, two twos. Oh. Yeah, so, something like that with Max Betts out there. And there's a 10 showing and he sees <laughs> signaling a bus card. And I'm just like, yeah, and he's going split. I'm like, I'm looking at him like, are you sure? <laughs> like, Because <laughs> this is like our, our first time actually like just on the fly, yeah. like attacking like a whole card together. So I was random. like, all right, okay. I split everything. I get like another pair. So I have like five spots of Max Betts. <laughs> And they're all, they're not even 17. And then she flips the card and it's a seven. Oh, no, no. That time she busted because it. Oh, that time. Oh, no, no. That time she busted. Shit. It was a low card underneath. So she busted that. So we won that hand. That was, I thought you were going right for the gusto. We we won that hand and think another hand too after that. Were the floppies thinking you guys were morons? Oh, for sure. Everyone was like shaking their head. Good cover. That's where the story is kind of rough. So the next hand, uh, she, I thought I seen a low card underneath. And I'm signaling, signaling to him the split is, I think you had sixes. You split your six, so you had two 16s. And I did the same. And she flips over a seven for 17 to beat all of his hands and my hands. And I thought it was a four. I could have swore <laughs> I seen a four underneath. It ended up being a seven. Dude, one hand. I like Mark down. I couldn't even yeah, look back. Mark, Mark did not have as much money on the table as me. And we were not sharing bankrolls at this point. And I lost like $3,700 on that one hand. And I looked up at him. And I was just like staring at him and he was just staring at the floor he wouldn't even look up at me i was like you look at me you look at me you're killing me smalls (laughs) (laughs) and he just was staring at the floor first thing he says when we finally get away from the table he's just like dude i'm so sorry (laughs) i I was like it's all right man you owe me 37 i would have took him to to lens crafters right after that (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
what were you, what were you saying, uh, Marco? Uh, oh, that ju- that's just kind of the stuff that happens. Like, and being prepared for those situations is what's kind of really important because we didn't expect that to happen. All of a sudden, a break dealer comes in. You can see every hole card, and we're both at the same table with max bets out. Like, that's something you have to take advantage of. Yeah, so totally. You just yes. kind of do what you have to do to make the money. And for the record, I was not mad, even though I was already on a downswing in that session. But like the first few hole cards that he saw were were spot on, and so. It's it's all good. It was just it was just a, a cost of us both trying to take advantage of something we just yeah. saw which, in the moment. Which so. worked out at first, but then yeah, the seventeen kind of. I wish that didn't happen. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. it gave it gave you AV of a great story to tell, right? That's true. That's true. And that session ended hugely for me. So. Yeah, that was good. And that was our first argument. Yeah, that, that that's is, a yeah. that's a good that yeah, that's a good thing to come stressful. about. You know, it's not like four in the morning. We're both done playing. After he like kept. 18 he was tired. He wanted to go back, and I'm just like a psychopath when I play. I'm just like I'll do like freaking you know 25 hour sessions, and like he was like I'm done, and he was like all right, I'll give you this much time, and I kept pushing it, and I was down, and I just wanted it to turn around, and then finally he's like, dude, what the hell, man? I told you I'm leaving. I'm going, yeah, dude, and I, I went was out. Waiting on you for like two hours. And then he I was, was waiting I was on me. It said no, one more shoe, and then you got into a whole new shoe and played the whole thing. And then, yeah, yeah, I know. And I was pushing it, and then I got to the car, and then he, I don't know, some, there was some discrepancy, and I was like, "Man, fuck this! I'm going back in and playing." He was like, "Fuck you!" And he just like speeds <laughs> off. <laughs> and then, morning, yeah, yeah, and then I played, but I played. I came up like 16k, like, but when I played all through night, and then in the morning he called and he was like, "Dude, I'm sorry about that." I was like, "I'm sorry too," and we were like, "You know what? It's more important." Like what matters more isn't like the argument. It's how we're both like apologizing and admitting where we were both like, you know, kind of not, we were both stressed out, tired. And this is what I did. That was Dick. And he's like, this is what I did. That was Dick. But you know, that's important with building a partnership too. And like, you know, and, and, and trust and, you know, and it's, it's funny. You hear this like in, in uh, maybe like uh, marriage and different relationship types, but I think it's, it's, it's crucial to have things like that with an AP partner as well. You know, exactly. Those things are going to happen. It's got to deal with them and get over them and keep doing what you got to do. It builds communication. Absolutely. That's a funny story, though. Yeah, I, know, I, I can tell you. It's funny. Uh, I used to have a complete D-Gen girlfriend, and she would do the exact same thing to me that uh, that Marco was saying that you that you were doing, Vernon, to Marco. Yeah. She would say, one more shoe, and I'd go be in the car for like two hours and come back. What the fuck? And at that time, everybody's pissed off. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. it's just like, you know, you're, you're just annoyed. And I had the same thing. But obviously, you're not a D-Gen, but this girl was. She's She could get up, you know, twice what she makes in a month and then – give it all back every time. I was like, what's the point? If you never stop, you're not playing with an edge. It's, I try to teach you to count how to count cards. You're a smart girl. You're smarter than me. You could learn this, but you won't do it. You Dude, just I've, yeah, it's weird. She'll bet like like a hundred on her hand and whatever the max is on the side bet. If it's a hundred dollars, she'll bet that. I was like, you're that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's 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 crazy. It blows my mind too. Like friends of mine also that play and like could totally learn how to count and like they just don't do it. I it's I don't know. It's just. You know, maybe they just got their own thing going on for money and they don't want to like grind at blackjack to do it or or they just like gambling. I don't I don't know. Or sometimes me and her be sent at the same table. And I will say that she was great cover. I got certain there's a few shops that I know I got extra play because they knew we were together and they knew she was gonna lose her ass. So if I took a little from them, they just kinda look at it as cost of business. But she would sit on the table and it blew my mind. I'd be either like a table minimum or sitting out of hand because and she knew why I was doing 
doing that because the count was bad. I'm, I'm like, if I'm not playing or have a small bet, why are you going table max that bet? Why? Why don't you at least wait? If you want to feel like you wanted to throw some money out there, wait till I have a decent sized bet and then you can, that's probably a better time for you to do it. And yeah. she just, she just, uh, I had a feeling, you know. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, and she just didn't, she didn't trust, trust the math or trust you, I guess, uh, with uh, the game. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's weird. I don't, uh, you know, that's that's why we're we're doing what we're doing and they're doing what they're doing, you know? Yeah, and I would, it, it, like, sometimes I tell her to buy insurance or take even money or whatever, and it would not work out in her favor, and she'd be like, well, see, I should never listen to you, you know? It's like, well... Yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing. I it, It's funny. I was... So it, that session that I lost the most on this trip, uh, uh hit CTR in an hour. <laughs> there was another guy playing next to me, and I was telling him to play deviations, you know, because I had, like, two spots of like max bets out and you know he had his bet out and he's like what would you want me to do it was like a 15 against a 10 you know mm-hmm. and um i have like a you know 16 and a 19 i'm like well i would i would you know i would stand normally and, you and the dealer that. like flips a 15 and pulls a six oh. like and i was and he just and it, that kept happening i was like why am i not why? i'm like stop asking me just play your damn hand you know like yeah. all the deviations i was giving him were just making us both lose oh yeah it was uh it was so so but that's i'm saying because it's like the, in their minds they don't understand the long run we're we're, we're doing these deviations because it's the highest probability you know mm. even if it's a smaller much smaller edge it still is the better move over a long period of time mm-hmm. so like other people don't get that and they don't see that you can't really explain that at the table and you can't explain that at the table or to someone who doesn't want to hear it right. but yeah. yeah i talk a lot but i try not to talk about the game and give advice because it slows them and people are asking you advice every freaking hit it slows the game down but this guy was really nice and he could tell because, you know, they can tell how we know how to play just because we play fast and hand signals are automatic and that kind of thing. Even if they don't really know anything, they know. Right. right. So this guy was asking me how to play a few hands and he asked me if I knew any websites to <laughs> I'm, I'm already laughing my own thing. He, if I knew any websites where he could learn how to play and I my standard response to that, even though I want to tell him BGA, but I'm not going to say that at a table. So I say a oh, wizard of odds is a great place. They have the odds of a game. It breaks down how to play the game what the best strategy is and that kind of thing that's what i wanted to say but what came out of my mouth was yeah gambling with an edge <laughs> yeah Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I if someone like asks me something, I'll usually give them like a deviation to do. You know, like oh, I wouldn't hit it right now, or like like uh. But I don't. Yeah, I try not to. I try not to say anything like that exact anymore. Or, like give any inclination that I am an AP because um I've had I've had poppies turn on me like where they're you know they're winning and everything's good and then I kind of give them a you know trying to help them give them a little information and then they get pissed off mm-hmm. you know and kind of hint that like I like that I'm like a professional like mm-hmm. when they're getting all pissed off and stuff so like right. yeah, I don't I don't say shit to anybody anymore or you tell the the ploppy you just okay so they ask us basic strategy things so we tell them basic strategy about like for example you're you're 15 where you told him to stay your basic strategy would be for him to hit that right of course but 
okay, so you tell him the basic strategy. You tell him to stay on this hand, hit this hand, and then two, three hands later, a deviation comes up where you got to do the exact opposite of what you just told him to do. And they're looking at you like you're a fucking asshole. Like, you just told me that to hit all 16s when the dealer has a seven through seven through ace showing. Yeah, and then you and don't. Why are you, why are you standing on your, your 16? And now, then you just told me. <laughs> yeah, and then it all changes the uh, the response or the, the their their uh, their view of you changes whether you win or lose that hand. You win, they're like, oh shit, they know something. You lose, they're like, fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, I've told this story on the podcast before, but one time, and this is probably three four months ago now. I was playing and I had a 16, and the deviation was to stay. But if, like, right when it was my turn to make my decision, a hot cocktail waitress walked by and. I was distracted and my brain went to basic strategy and I, I, I scratched the cards to, for the hit as the cards coming out halfway through. I'm like, shit. And I got a five. So I made 21 and I'm like, fuck, fuck <laughs> shit. And I'm all pissed off. And the guy next to me is like, you got 21, dude. What are you pissed off about? Of course, I'm mad because I fucking <laughs> made, made a wrong play. Yeah. I made a mistake and I don't want to make mistakes. And I'm like, fuck. And they're at the whole the table's same. like, yeah, they're all like, what are you, what are you upset about? And oh, the, it, coincidentally, the dealer ended up pulling 20 and everybody but me lost. We would have all won had I stayed. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I've done the yeah, same where I dude. accidentally hit a 16 because I'm moving too fast and I have a positive running count. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I rem- remember that one time we were both at a table and you- it kept going to from zero oh, to yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Zero, it was yeah. zero to running one, zero to running one, and you had a 16 against the dealer's like, hand, and you were like almost sand, sand, like sand, every sand. card coming out before you, your hand was like going to hit, and then it came <laughs> back, came back. And we both looked at each other and started, started cracking, cracking up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's the weirdest thing, too. I feel like this game like is – a bastard because i've noticed before too if you make a little mistake like when you looked at that cocktail waitress and did one little thing like that and it was like running so well and then all, this is like stupid like thought but like it i've noticed it happen and you're just like this game is trying to just tell be an asshole to me now you yeah. do one wrong move and then the whole shoe you lose like every hand and every max bet after you made that one wrong move from a deviation oh yeah and you're and you're like oh this is this the cards are fucking with me, man. Uh, right. It's just bias confirmation. It's total, but it's confirmation, but it is we're funny human. when that happens. You're like, you assholes, you asshole like, cards. I, the yeah. other day I had this whole table, like, well, there was like three, me counting me, three players and a dealer and the whole table, they were getting on me because I was walking in and out and I was like faking phone calls and whatever. They were like really getting pissed off and the dealer was like lecturing me how I got to play as a team and it affects the card flow and I just sat there, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that yeah, that makes sense. I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> and then I left that table soon because I didn't want to deal with that shit. But I had the hardest time not like, you know, tipping my hand going, actually, here's the math. Here's why that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I've had people tell me and the same all, thing. Yeah, like, and all they're she's, doing it. She's been that? dealing for like 40 years and said that she's been watching the cards for that long. She knows that when a player leaves the table, it goes really bad. Yeah. Like, that doesn't just, make any sense. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're the, we're the unsung, not heroes, unsung talent. We're the... You know, we're the we're the reject athletes. Like no one, we we can't we can't even you know hint at, at how much we practice and, and and study and and rehearse to to be able to have the highest advantage at this game. And you you can't say it to anybody. And then when people know, they're like, "Get the hell out of here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to tell the story of, of uh, that pit boss that made you give the hundred back instead of it being a back off? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 
we were both playing in this in this one casino for like a few days actually. Yeah, we were it, playing for a lot of hours in one place. And there was just always this pit boss that would just stand there with his arms crossed. Straight Every time he ca- came into the pit, he would just like stare at us and we'd look at each other like, oh shit, well, here it comes. You know, like every single time we're just like, oh God. And he looked just mean. Intimidating. Intimidating. Yeah, so this pit boss is just intimidating. Every time he comes into the pit, he's just locked on us, deadpan face. And then all of a sudden, phone's ringing. Phone's ringing. And, and uh, this is like, I think our second day. We lasted in total yeah. like three days at that, yeah, at that that's casino. Why I, that's why I thought for sure we were done when the phone rang and they're all looking at you and they started to walk over to you. So like, okay, I'm starting to color up into bigger chips so I can not have as many in my pocket and I have to walk out really fast. Yeah. So it, they lean over to you and, and they said that you owe the table $100 instead of it being a back off. You just had to give them 100 bucks. There was a mispay. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to give the dealer back 100 bucks. We were, you know, we're just both staring at the table and we can just feel him <laughs> approaching in our peripheral I and we're like, oh sure we God. Right. And then he goes, excuse me, you, uh, you were overpaid and you need to give the dealer back $100. And I was like, oh, okay, here, no problem. Oh, sorry about that. And then we were all good and played the whole, what, day and a half, two days, 10 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what's crazy about that? If they caught the $100, they were obviously watching you guys. No, so... and that was the thing. And all, of a sudden, and all of a sudden, we knew that they were watching us. So it was like, yeah. like, and how did they not, because we were not playing with any cover. I mean, like, just blatantly spreading on, so... a, du- on a good <laughs> double deck game. But, like, yeah, the third day came. That guy who we thought was like some like hard ass starts showing me pictures of he just had a baby. I had had one a year ago and like we were talking about it and he was a really nice guy. And when he ended up backing us off, he was just he was the he was so nice about it. And he was just like, you know, I you know, I'm not going to give you guys a hard time. Everyone's got to make a living. He's like, but, you know, like I, I have to do this because, you know, you guys are good. And, and yeah, you know, so. I'm getting a phone call now to, to do it. He's like, I like we all had pretty good idea. That's what you were doing the whole time. He's like, so. And once again he told it to you and i got away yeah he like ran out Um, you guys ever try to like engineer after a back off i've uh, another ap suggested this to me and it actually works more than you think even without giving your name if they already if they trespass you already know your name you don't have to worry about that but have you ever tried to like get a free steak dinner out of it or oh yeah yeah yeah, a couple times yeah yeah i've got a i've got a story about that i mean but i i've lost quite and this was like at the beginning of when i started playing higher stakes last year i was at a property in vegas and i mean max bets went out like real soon in this double deck game and in a half hour i lost like fifty five hundred dollars two pit bosses just walked up to me and they're like sorry man you can't play anymore and i was like oh man i was like dude i just said this one hurts i was like this this one really hurt and they were they were like yeah man you didn't you didn't get anything we were watching and he was he was like you know what here let me make you a player's card and i'm gonna put a hundred dollars on it for a steak dinner and i was like that's really nice of you man but i really don't i don't want to give you my name you know just because like every you know surveillance is watching i don't want to get fired i just got here like i don't want any trouble with my name he's like here's a piece of paper make up a name nice and he he had me make up a name and i was like dude that's really nice of you he was like hey look you act like a gentleman i treat you like a gentleman and he's like, I appreciate that. And he gave me a hundred dollars to the to the steak restaurant. And I was like, wow, that's that's nice. That's the way yeah. it should be. Yeah, exactly. And so I had a nice fifty six hundred dollars steak dinner. Ooh. Were you like really digging in with that knife and that fork and stabbing the son of a bitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just took it easy. I actually had like a I did it right. I fucking chilled. I had like a glass of a nice glass of red wine and a steak dinner to myself. And I was like, all right, just chill out. You're going to make it back at the next shop. 
you guys are maximizers. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What's your guys' thoughts on maximizer versus longevity plays versus? It, I'm just it's just interested. I, I think to get your the, perspective. Maybe when I first started, it might have been helpful to not max at 500 for my max bets. But I've been thinking about it a lot lately, like maybe going back down to lower max bets and trying to play rated and stuff. But I think at this point where I'm at, I'm too noticed. I'm already in database. I don't think it's worth it for me right now. So in the beginning, I think it was a little helpful. How I look at it is that I wish I came right out the gates going two spots of a thousand because I feel like heat's going to be inevitable unless you just want to grind at this and kind of stay under the radar and make what you want to make and play longer, be an AP for longer. For me, I don't necessarily care for this grind and it's not what I want to be doing, to be honest. And I'm just doing it to get more cash capital to move into real estate and other things. And so I I look at it as I don't want to I don't want to grind for a longer amount of time. I would rather just like make as much as I possibly can and get bigger money out there, you know, instead of like, oh, flying under the radar and then doing it longer. Like, I don't want to do this longer. I'd rather do it mm-hmm. shorter and have a higher EV. So that's that's where my maximizing for the long run comes into play but in the short run too i just think if a place is sharp enough to determine you're an ap i see entries of ap's getting backed off from spreading to one spot of 10 to two spots of 50 you know what i mean so it's just like if they're gonna do it they're gonna do it and they're gonna catch you certain shots have thresholds though that if you hit then that's when they start watching you sure they're really they're really tolerant up to a certain point uh, you know, that's, you know, I'm sure you use your network for stuff like that too. Um, sure. Yeah. But, sure. Uh, but I, yeah. I think sometimes even those shops like will just recognize me from like databases. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, right. But um, that's, that's just, that's my outlook. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. It's just, I have, you know, uh, other things, career goals and different goals for my life in general, like outside of d- doing a- AP work. Yeah. So. It's like AP works like a like a stock that you're buying right now and you're going to ride that stock. And then once, once it hits a point where you want to cash out, you're going to cash out on it and do something else with that money. Exactly. You know? And I always have that skill. So who knows, maybe like five years after I'm doing something else, like the investment, like based, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go on like two or three trips a year or, you know, something like that. I'll always have that skill. And like, you know, I probably have to, if it's been a minute, you know, definitely brush up and tighten up on everything. But yeah, that's just, that's how having the maximizer outlook kind of fits into my goals for now and goals for the future. Yeah. I don't think that maximizer versus longevity, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. I think it depends on what your goals are and exactly. what you're comfortable with. And some people just want to play locals. So they want to preserve their locals. And exactly. I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's nothing. totally. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And I did that for a while. I didn't spread as big at my locals and didn't hit every shift as hard. I would do small sessions on different shifts and I lasted a lot longer than I would have. I think if I would have went out of a different way, what's your feeling on it, uh, Marco? I don't know if, did you already answer that? I don't remember. Yeah, pretty much. Um, just that, it's in my opinion at the point I'm at in my career I'm at almost a thousand hours for my career and I think I'm just too noticed now but like I said in the beginning it might have been helpful to not be maximizer everywhere but you could come across some shops I mean there's some places that don't use the databases or look up every player's name that gets a card you know so there's some places that you could still come across that you can not use max your super max bets and get longer time in by being rated who knows yeah and get 
comps and whatever right. on top of that. Uh, it just depends on the situation, if you ask me. And that's that leads to your network again, which is, I say this probably every episode several times, network is huge. Newer players out there build that network because right. if you're going to travel at all, it's so important. Yeah, and that's something that's been super helpful with me. I got lucky and came across Fateful and Oro Hunter in the beginning when I first started. And like I said, the Midwest meetup, it just grew and that's been my network, just a great group of people. And we all stay on a group message and do Zoom calls just once a week. So it's just great to be in touch with people while you're doing this kind of work. Do you guys have any tips for the listeners on how to save on expenses when you're on the road? Besides the obvious of splitting costs by traveling together. Mark and I will go to split expenses of hotels and different things like that and gas and a rental car. But also, I mean... I, even now with where my bankroll is, I will, I could totally afford a hotel, but if a hotel is too expensive, I'll go to Marshall's and st- buy like two pillows for like 10 bucks and I'll sleep in the car just to, just to save money. You know what I mean? And, uh, oh, yeah. like uh, that, that right there is a huge savings. If you can, if you, I can't get comps anymore, but if you can get comps, but I think the hotel cost is so, so enormous. And, uh, I, I think the rental cars are worse right now. That's why I wanted to split it on this trip. And yeah. That's- that's yeah, a good help. I mean, rental cars are like half the cost of a hotel room every now and then. But then I'm also- a fan of playing all night and then finding a rest area or somewhere like a Walmart parking lot or something. Crash for six hours and then driving to a truck stop and taking a shower for ten bucks. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Waiting till you get emails on on uh, on on flight discounts, things like that. <laughs> ask this question and I think it, it generates a good conversation to both of you guys what would you tell your younger self uh, that you know now that you're like man I, I wish I had somebody tell me you know xyz and it would have saved me a lot of aggravation or you know bankroll or time or whatever be aware of thresholds at the cage I had no idea about that when I first started I, if I won 5,000 I would go cash it out I wouldn't do 25 and 25 you know mm-hmm. so I wish I would have known about that uh, uh, and this is specifically for like AP life. Yeah, it could be for anything in life. Um, okay, I'll start with AP life. The number one thing by far for career went to and earlier in my career, never ever ever give up your ID. I, and I know it's hard for people that want to play rated and they've got a small bankroll and expenses really add up really quick and can really take a dig at your bankroll. But if you're planning on on, on moving up in, like in the ranks, it, if you play rated and they have all of your information and they're going, you're going to get database at some point and they're going to have everything. They're going to mm-hmm. have a copy of your ID. They're going to have your name. They're going to have, you know, just everything. And if, if you can be put in there as an unknown, it's probably going to be way better I would I would never ever ever have a casino get my name ever. Yeah, same that, here. That's 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 the number one thing. And, and I know do, it goes back and forth with comps and this and that. Should I play rated? And I know there's a lot of reasons to do it. But for me, and you know, I, I may be ignorant to a few things, but in my experience, that would be the most cherished, like valuable thing is to me is anonymity to these casinos. And do not play rated. Agreed, if you're planning yeah. on going to higher stakes. But if I you think have to, you, you should get a figure out a network that can tell you which yes. company to use to be rated with sure. if you have to. But I, that's I, what I was just going to say. Yeah, yep. I wouldn't do. Yeah. 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 Especially if you want to play like I like get rated at a local that where they're going to know you anyway. Um, say you play two, three times a week. Make sure even before you give your ID, even there, even if they're going to know who you are, make sure that you find out through your network, it, you know, if they're an OSM participant 
or do they fly her out? Um, all those kind of things, because eventually the party's going to end everywhere you are, no matter what you do or how tolerant they are. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. You got to kind of weigh that. But in general, I completely agree with what you guys are saying. Protect your ID at all costs. And also just, you know, the, 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 the simpler, more obvious things that could be easy to overlook or to go against when you're when you're new at this is keep your risk super low because you will be shocked by variance. No matter what stakes you're playing at, like, it, you you know, you might think, oh, the chances of this happening are so low, so I'll just boost it up a little bit. Like, that can really mess you up if things go south, and it can happen fast. And if you are willing to play with a, if you want to, say you start with 2,000, and you're willing to play with, like, a 20, 20% risk or something, just... Tell you you gotta you gotta tell yourself okay I'm playing at a higher risk if I if I lose all this money it's not because the game doesn't work the math doesn't work it's because I'm playing at a higher risk so then you you know you're trying you're taking a shot basically sure you know? yeah exactly and and you know and I do it's it's hypocritical for me to say that um, because I you know started with three grand and was betting one to twenty five to to one to yeah. three hundred you know what wow. I mean yeah. so it's like totally hypocritical um, but I did lose that whole three grand. And I went into the ATM and took out $200 more and played one more shoe. And in that shoe, I went from $200 to seven grand in one shoe. And then, and I mean, it was just, and then it was just up from there, but I actually lost that. And that $200 literally was going to, if I lost that, I was going to be done and I wasn't going to card count or that's what I told myself at least who knows what would have happened. But I mean, that was just, you know, incredibly lucky. But now what has happened to me in my career with a bigger bankroll, the swings I've taken down and the swings up. But I mean, those aren't the dangerous ones. The swings that have gone down, uh, you know, have been uh, shocking sometimes, you know. So uh, just knowing that and going through that now is why I'm saying that now. And I don't want to yeah. sound like a hypocrite because I took that that shot like you mentioned. You know, I took that shot, too like at the beginning of my career. Right. I I completely understand what you're saying. You're you're saying that you wish you had slow rolled it a little more. Sure. But, even, but even though you got lucky or fortunate and had good variants, um that's probably not going to happen to most people. It's going to happen most people are going to lose their 200 bucks and then say fuck it and be done with it. So Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. And I yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I went through after, you know, uh, like career wise, I think I was up probably about 60 or like a six, I think it's either 60 or 80 grand. And I went on a 475 and a half hour losing streak, losing break even streak. So yeah, if long- that happened right out the gate, I mean, I'd be like this, this shit does not work. You know what I mean? It's just, Especially it's like, if you're married. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning yeah. I went on a long losing, I went on my longest losing streak was 270 hours. And then my, break even streak after right after that was another 200 hours so in the beginning also i would say you should probably get tested out and at least have a small network like one or two people like my my network started with one or two people and then grew into 10 people i talk to daily so that's something else i would do in the beginning absolutely And you mentioned that, especially being married, but like my wife, even still now, when I get like worked up after a really shitty session and then followed by a back off, like my wife is always like, this happens, you know, and you know, it's variance, the math works out. And even through that losing streak, she was very supportive, but yeah, which, which brings me to my next life uh, advice is never, never settle on, on a partner, like, you know, whether it's marriage or like a life partner, whatever you're talking about, like. Cause like, like that is the, the difference 
of everything for me, you know, like she's there always and she's the right person and she gets me and I get her. And that is, uh, I had many opportunities to get married and like, you know, girlfriends pressuring me, but it just never felt right. But with her, it did. And you know, it all came together and that, that, that has made a huge difference in my life and in AP life as well. So, right. Yeah. That that's great advice. But yeah, uh, I want to say thanks for having us on, dude. I'm looking forward to it. I listen to all of your other podcasts, and I love them. They're all really well put together. And uh, also, I want to say thanks to a lot of the pros that helped me figure out, like if I'm in databases and the ones that helped out at the Midwest Meetup. I just want to say thank you to all the people that helped me along the way. Yeah, for real. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. And, and uh, yeah, thanks to the APs I've, I've met in the field that have helped and the APs that have reached out. And thanks to you for you know creating content for for everyone to be entertained by and get uh nuggets of information from and of course thanks to you know colin and bga those tools on there are super helpful right yeah that's that's what this is all about helping the community out that's what my point was when i made it absolutely yeah so i appreciate all that and appreciate you guys for coming on and i i love this community you know there's bad apples in every bunch but for the most part there's a lot of good people um that are just trying to take a little money back from the greedy casinos bastards yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hell they yeah. Our, they can eat our ass. They can eat our asses collectively. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Bye. Signing Take out. Take care, brothers. All right, bud. Bye. All right, bye. And that's going to be our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed it. Those two are interesting and uh, entertaining guys. And we will see you down the field. <laughs> is that what is that, is that what it's called? Or did you just make that up? I just made that up. You just it's gave the, me an episode title because there's three of us here. <laughs> Are you serious about becoming a blackjack advantage player? If that's your plan, then listen to the real pros first. They will tell you to test out and own your skills before risking your starting bankroll. Check out the Advantage Player Refinement Program. Offered exclusively by Archimedes21.com. The A21 APRP will tell you if you're ready. Until then, look into becoming an investor in Archimedes21 and start earning right away. For all of your TNA needs, head to tensandaces.com.